Good morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. This morning we are going to be continuing our series on Christ our Healer. And I'm excited to continue looking at this. I've really enjoyed this. I hope that you have as well. And we've we've got a lot more ground to cover here, so don't think that we're going to be ending anytime soon on this series. I'm not for sure exactly how long we're going to be going on it, but we've barely even scratched the surface when it comes to healing as it's talked about in Scripture. And uh, so I'm I'm excited to look at this because this is uh, this is something that I think is important, um, not just because you know you might be might be sick, you might need healing, um, but also because of who God is and what His desire and design is uh, for us. And uh, today we are going to be continuing looking at this and. Uh, We're going to be reading Isaiah chapter 53 today for our scripture reading. But before we get into that, I do want to just go over a quick review of what we've looked at so far. We've looked at in Genesis uh, chapter 1, God's design for the earth. He, He created all things, and he said it was good. He didn't create sickness. He didn't create illness. He didn't create disease. That That was not part of his creation. Uh, then we looked at Genesis chapter 3, and where does sickness, illness, disease, where does all that come from in death? Where do all does it come from? Well, it comes from man exercising his free moral agency, and therefore sin entering into the world, sin entering into mankind, and of course that brings about death and sickness and disease and illness. That's where it comes from. It's it's not rooted in uh, God's original design. It's not rooted in the fact that God was going, hey, I want you to go and to have this sickness or illness or something like that. That is not God's desire for mankind. And then yesterday we looked at the concept in the idea of God's character, that he is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. And we we, we see this concept and some practical things uh, that we need in our life for healing, and that healing is part of God's character. Well, it's, it's also part of God's purpose is what we're going to be looking at today. The, the narrative of salvation, that healing is, is found or it's tied in the atonement, and it's, and it's found uh, right here. And we're going to see this in Isaiah chapter 53. So if you'd follow along as I read Isaiah chapter 53, starting in verse 1, it says, Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he has grown up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form nor comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by man, men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. All we like streep, excuse me, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and his sheep before shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. He was taken away from prison and from judgment, and all, excuse me, and who will declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living for the transgressions of my people. He was stricken, that they made his grave with the wicked. 
but the with the rich at his death, because he had uh, done no violence, nor was there any deceit found in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He was, he has put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, and he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied by his knowledge. My righteous servant shall justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bore the sin of many, and he made intercession for the transgressors. Now, this passage, of course, is all—it's a, a prophetic passage, and it's all about Jesus Christ coming and dying on the cross for our sins. That's what it was pointing to. He was the perfect Lamb of God. John the Baptist proclaimed him. He said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And we go and we, we, we see this. This is what Isaiah 53 is pointing towards. But I do want you to notice specifically Isaiah 53, verse 5, uh, as it ties healing to the atonement. It says this, But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Now, it is important to understand that Jesus Christ, of course, he came to die on the cross for our sins. And this is why, ultimately, why I started in Genesis. It's it's one of those ones where, uh, where why would you start teaching on healing in Genesis? But there was a purpose for it, and it was to paint this picture, to set this up, because this is important. So if you haven't gone and listened to the first two of this devotions of these devotions, I'd really encourage you to go check them out. Number one and two of Christ our Healer, and this is because what was God's original design? God's original design was not sickness. It was health. It was a perfection for mankind. And then we see where does sickness, where does disease, where does all of this come from? Well, it comes from sin. It was a spiritual thing that happened that brought the physical sickness, that brought the physical disease that brought the physical illness, that brought physical death into this world. Now, this doesn't mean that there's not spiritual disease, doesn't mean that there's not spiritual sickness, doesn't mean that there's not spiritual death, because there certainly is, but we have to understand the reality that there was a physical, that there was a physical reaction to the spiritual cause. There was no sickness, there was no illness, there was no healing, therefore there's no need for healing, before sin entered into the world. Sin is the root cause. It is the cause of sickness and illness and death, ultimately through this coming into the world. Now, we do know that we live in a sin-cursed world, and so therefore there is going to be sickness, there is going to be disease, there is ultimately going to be death. If, if Christ doesn't come back in the rapture in your lifetime, what's going to happen is that you're going to die. 
There's no ifs, ands. There's no buts about it. There's no getting around it. It's the reality of all men. All men die. It's appointed for man to die once. And after that judgment, we understand that concept. I'm not saying anything different. You need to understand that. But did you know that Christ, with his death on the cross and his victory and his conquer over death, secured victory over death for you. Now, of course, you understand that. You probably hear at least one sermon on it every year when you go and, and you hear an, an Easter sermon, right? Uh, because Christ rose, I too shall rise. Because he walked out of that grave, I'm coming out of the grave too. Death met the master and he was victorious over death. And because he was victorious over death, I too will be victorious over death. We understand that concept, that, that there was a victory over even physical death, that there is going to be a physical resurrection of your body, that it is going to be a physical rapture that happens. These are points that that generally are are, are not disagree with, unless you got a, a different eschatology, I suppose, in, in in some ways. But that physical aspect, you're you're probably not disagreeing with. You understand that concept. You understand that this was this was something that was purchased, that was bought, that was that happened in the atonement. But then sometimes when you bring up the fact that healing is clearly mentioned by His stripes, we are healed in the atonement. People go, oh, that's weird. That's weird theology. Well, now hold on. Because it's not just said there in Isaiah 53, 5, but when Peter is quoting Isaiah 53 in 1 Peter 2, 24, he also says this, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we having died to sins might live in for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. You see, if we understand properly where sin and disease come from, that it is that from the cause of sin entering into the world, then we understand this principle. Christ did not just die when he died for sin to save you eternally so that you wouldn't go and burn in hell, but he died eternal, or he died and he saved you eternally so that your physical body could be saved, that you could physically be raptured, so that you could physically be resurrected, then we also have to understand something. If, if disease and sickness and illness are all part of the cause of sin and Jesus defeats sin, well, what does that mean? It means that he defeated disease, sickness, and illness. Can you believe that? Now, there is still a sin-cursed world. You are still eventually, your body is still going to eventually die. There is an appointed time. We, under, we understand that concept. But did you know that Jesus goes and he gives access to healing because he defeated sin? Because he defeated sin. So therefore, he can heal. It's part of his nature, and he won. He won. And so therefore, you can ask him for that healing. There's healing in the atonement. There's healing in the blood of Jesus Christ. We can go, and if you know Jesus Christ is your Savior, therefore it gives you access to that healing. Now, understand something, because it says this in 1 John 2, 2. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. 
Now, there's two ways that you could go and do this. You could go and, and do a hermeneutical gymnastics and say, look, this word world, it doesn't really mean world. It means something different. You're finding this hidden knowledge and you're going against the, the plain teachings of Scripture. And there's a lot of people who go out and do that. I would urge you not to do that. But I would rather urge you to understand this principle. Salvation is open to all. Salvation is open to all because Jesus died for the sins of all men. Now, when we go and we see that clearly healing is tied to the atonement because sickness and disease and all that is tied to sin, that was the cause of that sickness, disease in this world, we understand this principle then that healing is open to all. But I'm certainly not a universalist. I certainly do not believe that everybody is going to be in heaven. I don't believe everybody is going to be saved. I believe that everybody has an opportunity to be saved, that Jesus died for everyone. But we see in Matthew 7, 23, it says this, and then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Not everybody applies it. There will be those who end up burning in hell. They reject God. They reject what Christ secured for them. You know, there, there are a lot of people who Christ secured healing for. That he doesn't want you to walk through life with that thorn in the flesh, but he wants you to defeat that because he defeated it on the cross. But they reject the healing that Christ secured for them. Even believers. Believers do this. It's not just because they don't uh, accept the, the, the atonement. It's because they, they, don't, they, they don't go and accept the healing. You know, when it comes to salvation, we understand that there are some basic principles here. One is, you have to ask, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Well, have you asked God for healing? If you're struggling with something today, maybe you have sickness, maybe you have, have something that's, that's difficult that you're going through uh, physically with that, maybe it's a disease or something like that, have you asked God to heal you? Have you called upon the name of the Lord? If you haven't called upon the name of the Lord, well, you shouldn't be expecting it because you haven't humbled yourself before God. That's, that, that's important to understand. God gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. The second thing we understand is that salvation also requires repentance. You have to turn away from your sin, right? There, there is a, a turning towards Jesus, and Jesus isn't aligned with sin. That, that's, that's obvious. I, I hope that you understand that. And so you can't turn towards Jesus without simultaneously turning away from sin. And, and, and really, you can't turn away from sin without simultaneously turning towards Jesus. Those, th those things happen happen simultaneously. I mean, that's that that's what's going on there. And, and so it, you have to repent from your sin as well. You know, there there are some people who who are sick. We're going to develop this a little bit more. So so don't think this is all I'm saying about this. We're going to we're, we're going to really develop this here more in a lot of these principles. This is just laying some foundations still. But there are some people who they end up going and 
regarding sin, iniquity in their heart. They're, they're not going to let go of their sin. And so therefore, there is an illness or a disease that's attached to that. And because they don't repent of that, they continue to have that. Now, once again, I'm not saying that every sickness, illness, and disease is attached to your personal sin, because that's not necessarily true. We live in a sin-cursed world. Your body will eventually decay. It will eventually die, and there will be some kind of sickness, disease, death, uh, or old age, which, you know, coming uh, upon you, that, that will eventually take your life if the rapture doesn't come. But there are times when that's why someone is sick. It's because they're not repenting of their sin. A third thing that we see about salvation is having faith, is having faith, believing in God. You, you have to believe. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved, Acts 16, 31. We, we see that it takes faith. It takes faith, a true believing in God. And, and we're going to go over this uh, quite a bit more when we go in and look at James uh, chapter, well, chapter 5, but also chapter 1. We're, we're going to look at that quite a bit in the prayer of faith and that it's it's required to pray in faith and that if you don't pray in faith, you're like a double-minded man and some people aren't healed because they don't actually believe. You know, this is something that I always, uh, or, or something that, that, that has struck me as, as interesting in going and looking uh, at, at a church that, that perhaps didn't hold to this idea of healing, but yet you went to every prayer meeting and what happened was everybody would say, well, pray for my Aunt Susie, she's sick. Pray for, uh, you know, Cousin George, he's, he's got cancer. You know, pray for, uh, for, for my dog. It's got, well, maybe not, we're gonna, not going to talk about dogs, but, uh, but, but it's, it's that concept of it's, it's this person's sick, that person's sick. Pray for them, pray for them, pray for them, pray for them. Well, okay, but do you believe that God's going to heal them? Do you believe God can heal them? Why do you believe God can heal them? Why do you believe God would heal them? Well, I'm presenting to you the reason why God would heal them, why he can heal them, and why, if they meet the conditions, and there's several conditions when it comes to, to healing that, that he many times will heal them or he will heal them, is, well, why would he? Because sickness, sin, and death were not his design. Sickness, sin, and death all came in through sin, right? Illness, sickness, death, that all came in through sin. Jesus, why, why can he heal? Well, because Jesus defeated sin, and he died for your sin, and therefore he has power over the effects of sin. And why? Would he want to? Because he loves you. That makes sense? Sure makes sense to me. There's a lot of people who go and they look at this and they say, no, I don't believe in healing, but let's pray for healing. That doesn't make much sense. But today I want to remind you that Jesus did, in fact, crush the serpent's head. And in doing so, he secured salvation. He secured your physical body being resurrected, a defeating of death, but also then of all of those things that come with sin and that lead to death 
in sickness and illness. Now, we don't have time to go through this, but uh, through everything, this is one of those where, where this is why I'm a little bit nervous of going, and not really nervous, but this is why I was a little bit hesitant while I was thinking through how do you do a podcast series of devotionals of, you know, 20, maybe 25 minutes like yesterday and, and go through all this because there's a lot of questions that get raised. There's a lot of questions that get raised because we all know people who haven't been healed. We all know times maybe that we haven't been healed. And I just want to remind you, I am going to answer these questions. I'm going to try my best to answer these questions. You can go ahead and in the comments and ask some of these questions if you want to. That would be good. And a lot of these I'm going to be answering. I probably won't be typing them out and answering them to you, but going to be answering them to you in the podcast series. And I probably have planned to already answer them because I'll be honest, what really got me wanting to do this was I preached a sermon titled, um, healing's not for everyone, but that's not God's fault. Healing's not for everyone, but that's not God's fault. And went through this concept of Christ healing and that healing is accessible, but there are conditions that must be met. And so today I'm really building that case as to why you can be healed. And it's because Jesus Christ died for you. And so think through salvation and that atonement and how Christ died for that salvation, but there's still things that you need to do and obvious ones like call upon the name of the Lord, like have faith, like repent and turn away from your sin. Those same principles, those same basic things are also necessary for you to have healing in your life, which is tied to the atonement in Isaiah 53 and 1 Peter 2.24 and actually all throughout Scripture. I wish I had more time to go into to, to break down that doctrine. Maybe I'll, I'll go further into that. But right now, if you are in need of healing, I want to ask you something. Have you turned to God and asked Him to heal you? Have you gone and looked through your life and seen what sin am I regarding in my heart? Is there something that I'm regarding in my heart? Lord, search me, try me, know me. Is there sin that I'm holding on to? And three, do you believe that God can heal you? Do you actually believe that God can heal you? Because if you don't and you're calling upon him, well, Scripture says that you're a double-minded man, unstable in all your ways, because you're praying without faith. Well, thank you for listening today. And want us to remember Joshua 1, 8, 9 as we depart. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Sometimes he leaves us waiting for his hand to move. Oh, but even in darkness, we hold to the promise. There's nothing we can't overcome. So that war you've been fighting will end in God's timing. Sing like the battle's been won. Then you feel it, the song that is right.
believe it. The work is already begun. Know that God's up to something.